0: This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm one of your hosts, Maximus Hunter.
1: And I'm your other host, Ren Wadsworth. And we are joined in the studio today with our amazing reporter,
2: Coda Babcock.
1: Awesome.
0: And we're going to have a great show for you today. We're going to have Coda do some uh, local news, and we're going to be reading some campus news written by our very own Rylan. We're going to be talking about the Iowa primary and what went down last night with that. Um, But today is a very special day. And normally, Ren announces what day it is today, but today is Ren's birthday! Yay! <laughs> yeah! So, we're going to be having a very special Ren centric show Aww. today where we're going to go over some of her best moments. A Ren
1: highlight reel? A <laughs> Ren highlight
0: reel this last year doing the Rocky Mountain review. We're going to be talking about some of those. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, but we do have a listener question. Today, you want to answer
1: that one? Yeah, definitely. So since Valentine's Day is coming up in a little less than a week, well, more than a week, a little more than a week, uh, we did want to ask what everybody's plans are. So if you have any big plans for Valentine's Day or small ones, too, you can go ahead and text us in at 970-491-5278. Once again, that number is 970 491 Five, two, seven, eight. I could really use some advice on what to do on Valentine's Day, especially if you're not in a relationship. Yeah. So...
0: You know, if you've got good date ideas or just good ways to cope with being single, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, let us know. I know uh, uh, I'd, I'd love some advice on how to cope with being single without eating and crying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, on that uh,
2: on that positive note, uh, Coda, would you like to give us a little bit of news? Yeah, Coda Babcock. Definitely. All right. So I'm Coda Babcock, and you're listening to local news for Tuesday, February 4th, 2020 on KCSU Fort Collins. The City of Fort Collins Recreator Magazine is starting back up soon. The Recreator provides information on recreational programs, events, and activities offered by the City of Fort Collins for community members of all ages and abilities. Some events include a day with farm animals, a pottery studio event, or Camp Fun Quest. Spring registration for the Recreator opens at 7 a.m. on February 13th, 2020. Early registration is also available at 7 a.m. on February 11th, 2020 for Senior Center members. For more information, visit fcgov.com Recreator. The Timberline Recycling Center wants to remind residents that they accept batteries, antifreeze, motor oil, and paint year round in the Hard to Recycle Materials Yard. This is offered as a way to assure community members have the ability to safely dispose of these materials as needed. Charges apply for commercial customers dropping off batteries. The Timberline Recycling Center is located at 1903 South Timberline Road, and the Hard to Recycle Materials Yard is open Tuesday through Sunday. Or Saturday, sorry. If you're looking to learn more about transportation options in progress in Fort Collins, the Transportation's Project Fair is happening from 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, February 27th at the Lincoln Center's Columbine Room on 417 West Magnolia Street in Fort Collins. The event will be hosted in an open house style and will feature different transportation topics and projects related to bicycle infrastructure, I-25 construction, pedestrian infrastructure, and more. 40-year-old Nicole Linnae Gibson of Laramie, Wyoming, has been arrested in connection with the murder of Fort Collins resident Tim Bryant on suspicion of first-degree murder and tampering with with physical evidence. The death was just ruled a homicide on Friday after his body was found near Lincoln Avenue in South Lincoln Lane in northeast Fort Collins on Monday, January 27th, 2020. More information will be released as the investigation continues, but the coroner's office still has not released the specific cause of Bryant's death. That's all for today's local news. I'm Kota Babcock, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on ninety point five FM.
0: Thanks, Coda. I, I do think it's interesting. Um, you said that they uh, they knew the identity of the person who who killed uh, who killed them, but they weren't releasing that to the public. Yet. Oh yeah,
2: they aren't releasing um, the cause of death specifically, besides homicide. Interesting. Yeah.
0: But you said, you said, and just when we were talking earlier, you said you thought it might be their spouse who did
2: it. I did. They didn't release um, if they had known each other or not, at least from what I could tell, um, which I think is interesting because usually uh, murder investigations, at least when reported, um, list their relationship or connection to one another. And it didn't list if she was a complete stranger. And they're similar in age, so it could suggest that they know each other. So.
0: I mean, and uh, this is one of those statistics you read on the internet that that is probably not true. But isn't is something like you know, eighty percent of crimes are committed by someone you know?
1: I've uh, heard that, but I don't know. I don't if know that's how true. realistic
2: it is. I think that might be like specific like um, intimate violence, not like all violence. I but. feel
1: like that's. I feel like I've heard that for um, unfortunately like manslaughter. and Homicides. I don't know if like I've
2: that. heard it for like homicide. I've heard it for um intimate abuse yeah. and things like that.
1: I don't think I've just heard it for crime overall. Yeah.
0: I think a hundred percent of the petty thieveries that occur in your house are done by people you know. Ever ever just been like, Wow, where's my phone charger? Yeah. And it never shows up? Your friend stole it. They're just not telling <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> that is true. <laughs>
0: How it goes. Um, all right, so we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna hop right into some Ren birthday business. Yay! But uh, before we go on that break, we just want to ask once again: What are your plans for Valentine's Day? This can be both good date ideas, and you know, maybe it's not even your real plan, but a plan you know you had at some point. Some date <laughs> ideas, good methods of you know, have being single. Uh, if you if you want to, you know, you plan on going out and meeting people on Valentine's Day a good for you for putting yourself out there but B help us help help the world tell us what your plan is mm-hmm. you can text that to 9704915278 that's said text your Valentine's Day plans to 9704915278 and if your date's a no show I'll eat their food
1: I'll go on a date with you I I don't think I should advertise that on public radio never mind
0: (laughs) people take that too seriously (laughs) but uh, yeah we're going to go on a quick break but when we come back we're going to be listening to some of the lovely Ren Wadsworth's best moments this last year you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm one of your hosts, Max Hunter,
1: and I'm your other host, Ren Wadsworth. And we are joined in the studio today by our incredible reporter,
0: Cutter Babcock.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming in. In
0: uh. case you missed it, we do have a question for you. Uh, we're curious what your Valentine's Day plans are. Be you single or taken? Uh, what are you going to be doing on the day itself, at February 14th? You know, February is happening. That's right around the corner. We're curious. Text that to 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. What are you doing for Love Day? No, Love Day. That's that's what it is. But uh, today's another holiday.
1: Heck yeah, it is. Of its own, right?
0: It's Ren's birthday. Woo! Yeah, so in honor of your birthday... I made a little collection of some of my favorite moments of you over the course of this last year.
1: I'm excited, but uh, I'm here for it. I'm scared. Right
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna intro all of these, and we'll play them, and then we'll just talk about them for a second then. Keep, all right. Keep going through. So uh, this first one, uh, I'm sure you remember this. This is from our interview with Michelle Frigna Warren. Oh, yeah. Who uh, is running in the primary for us, Colorado Senator against people like um, uh, Hickenlooper and Andrew Romanoff. So uh, here is Rand and Michelle Frigna-Warren discussing immigration.
1: Touching more on your policies, you touched on it a little bit before, but immigration is one of your most talked about issues as a candidate. And as a senator, what would you do to change how we approach immigration?
3: Yeah, so immigration is something that I've worked on since 2002, and I, back in 2002, If you had told me that that I was going to be a national advocate on immigration or that I was going to be a public policy specialist, I would have laughed because I was not trying to do anything per se that was political. I happen to live in a community where 76% of my zip code is Latino. And so walking alongside my neighbors and friends, um, you know, we were just fighting for the access for ESL classes in 2002, and it just continued to morph into more access and opportunity. The reason I continue to bring this up in this race and want it to be brought up in every House race and Senate race is one, we have a failed immigration system. It has been failed for decades. We continue to perpetuate the American age-old adage of we want your work, we just don't want you. And we cannot continue to perpetuate that injustice anymore. Globally, we are seeing more people migrate now than we have in record numbers. There's never been a time where more people have been moving around the world in our history, and we have just hit about 71 million people displaced around the world both as global citizens um, of the world, as the United States, as one of the superpowers, as you know, just as a country, we need to do everything we can to address the system we do have control of within our borders. And we need to do as much as we can to work with our allies and partners around the world to help prevent people from having to be pushed and displaced. And so the reason I wanna bring it up in this race is that we can't talk about it in any other race. County commissioner, governor, state senators, every other level of government, you can't fix the immigration system. That is only a job for Congress. And so with so much pressing both inside and outside our borders, with so much injustice around, you know, specifically we see people of color marginalized in the rise of white nationalism and the fear of immigrants and the malicious talk about immigrants, we need to be willing to to fix the system.
0: So that was uh, that was you talking with Mel- Michelle forigna Warren, and uh, I picked that one as my favorite for for a couple reasons or one of my favorites, um, because one I mean as as easy as it is to get politicians to talk about themselves, Miss um, Warren was um, not as easy to get to kind of talk about her own standpoint politically as much as it was just to kind of get her to, to wax philosophically. For a little bit, but uh, you you kind of hit the nail on the head of what made her campaign stand out from the yeah, other Democratic I think, senators.
1: I think that was one of her main topics, and she didn't really touch on it a lot, but, yeah, I like that, too. It kind of opened the floodgates to, like, everything that was her main um, points in her main campaign.
0: And what really separated her from the crowd. Yeah, definitely. Which is a big part of why we had her in the first place, so I loved that one. Uh, this one's more just you. This is actually from uh, last Thursday. Um, I'll let you (laughs) you find out what this is. (laughs) Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Ren. I didn't ask you. What do you have in your car to stay prepared?
1: Oh, Oh, well, I'm actually pretty prepared, not because my dad made me. Nothing wrong with that, however. Um, Because I used to drive a 1990, like, Toyota Camry that would always break down, would always just, like die at the worst possible moment and i had to drive three hours to get home in like blizzard snow over castle rock and that terrified me so i have like a blanket i have antifreeze i have oil i now have kitty litter because my car got stuck which that segues right into our next uh topic uh so colorado right now is trying to really enforce that people take the bus um to ski resorts instead of driving one, because a lot of people's cars aren't able to make it up the mountain, and two, because it cuts down on traffic.
0: I would just like to say that transition in conversation to news you made there was so smooth, I couldn't edit around it. I Why, had to thank keep you. it hidden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that one a lot, um, just because I would never... Uh, I, don't, I don't know.
1: You don't see me as being prepared?
0: <laughs> no. <gasps> oh, my <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> Not Dang. bad. It's not, not like that, but uh, I just... You know, uh, the more time you spend with someone, especially on like a talk show like this, uh, you the, the more you learn about them. And I am sometimes taken aback by what gets you going, what gets you passionate. <laughs> and that one just surprised me. I didn't realize that yes. was something that was going to get you hyped.
1: I was hyped. I am all about car safety. Um, <laughs> yes. That's one of those, especially safety. I'm always uh, on the standpoint uh, you need to be, it would rather, it would be better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Very true. So I've always said that. So I'm over prepared with stuff like that. Um, in fact, the funny story about the kitty litter, and I'll tell this because I didn't want to tell it then, I bought it and the day I bought it, it snowed really hard and my car got stuck in front of my house and I was like hours late to the marching band show. <laughs> Because oh, my geez. car got stuck, but I had a kitty litter, but it didn't work. But that's oh, fine. I had to well. get, like, towed out.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. that's I, well, I had random strangers help me get out of a snowbank last time it, it snowed. It. It's rough for everyone. Um. So this next one, I don't even know if you remember this, and, and I just kind of stumbled upon this. I didn't even remember this, but uh, I think this is hilarious.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> We're not done with news yet because I'm going to go right into campus news.
4: Woo woo. Whoop,
1: whoop. whoop, whoop indeed Max. (laughs) Alrighty. So the 23rd head coach has been named at Colorado State University as Steve Adazio. Adazio is a two-time BCS national champion with nine years of head coaching experience at two universities. Today there was a press conference held inside Canvas Stadium's Hall of Fame at 3 p.m. to formally introduce Adazio. Over his nine-year coaching career, Adazio has has tallied 57 wins at boston college he made history by taking his team to six bowl games in the seven years he coached as well as being the first bowl winning head coach at temple in over 30 years adazio had this to say about his new position i would like to thank president joyce mcconnell and director of athletics joe parker for the opportunity to lead this football program colorado state university is a world-class institution and fort collins is an incredible city to live in and be able to recruit to Our program will be one built on toughness and passion, and we will work tirelessly to develop men of character to return championship-level football back to Colorado State. I have to say, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, We talked a little bit about it with Dixon uh, earlier this week on Tuesday about our theories about who is coming to Colorado State University and what we hoped they would bring. Was he one of the theories? Um, I don't remember if he was one of the theories. We did talk about
0: Boston College, I think.
1: Yeah, so hopefully he was one of uh, the theorized coaches, but he does sound like he's got a pretty good track record. Of, a great
0: track record. Yeah, a pretty yeah. good.
1: Yeah, a great track record. Um,
0: Isn't he uh, the, the guys being dudes guy?
1: He is indeed the guys being dudes vine guy. So I I really hope he this implements that. what it's all about, man. Guys Guys being being dudes. dudes. I really hope we (laughs) we implement that into some of our um, halftime shenanigans that happen on the Jumbotron. I mean,
0: that's actually our coach. That's so great. I think that's
1: pretty fun. (laughs) I'm not
0: even like a big Vine person, but I know that one.
1: Yeah, I'm also very hopeful um, being in the marching band. I really hope we go to a bowl game at some point while I'm here at CSU. So I hope he's able to bring us to one of them.
0: Whoop whoop! Indeed, Ren. Oh, I was
1: cackling at that. Um, It's so funny when you go back and listen to things like this. You forget how you sound. Um, I think I just didn't know how to react to what Max said because he said whoop whoop. Like, how do you like go off of that? I think
0: you got that perfect that reaction down perfectly.
1: Yeah, I guess so. But that was so funny. Oh my gosh. There's
0: a there's a lot of like about that one from the, the whoop whoop it to uh that was like just a, a big piece of news for our school yeah. that we were covering. And uh, you know, your own personal connection there. I thought that yeah. was that was awesome how you tie that into your own life. Um this one, uh this next one, I, I was looking through a lot of stuff and I I, I this one's jumped out at me because I remember this wasn't a scripted question and you just went with it and it turned out to be really, really interesting. Uh, So this is from our interview with the probiotic company Turtle Mountain Fermentary.
1: So to get a little more personal with the question, something I'm always interested in in family businesses is what it's like working uh, with family. (laughs) And since you guys are sisters, I think that's such an interesting dynamic. Could you kind of talk about uh, what it's like working with your sister?
3: It's certainly an interesting <laughs> time. I think that the best part is is that we both know that we're going to work so hard for each other, for the business, for everything that we do, and that we're always going to have each other's back. And, that <laughs> um, and also just we're very, very honest with each other, so it's easy and hard to make business decisions at the same time. But I think honesty is the best policy, and um, I never – I never second-guess her decisions or her work ethic.
1: I agree with that 100%. Um, If any of you guys have family members, you know that it's easy to get kind of carried away as that, and it's definitely a difficult balance of being your sister, also your best friend, if I may speak for myself, and your business partner, Um, but we actually grew up. In a family, our mom worked with her sister and her father, so we kind of learned from them how to balance it all. And we definitely talk business at family occasions, but we try to limit ourselves to that. And we certainly have a lot more fun than I think a lot of people do at work. (laughs) I agree.
0: I'm realizing now you have a lot of best moments. I think we're only like halfway through. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> very fun.
0: Yeah, I loved that one. Um, just for the sake of time, we'll keep it moving along. Um, this this one makes me laugh every time because this is from when we sat down with Darius, the rapper. Oh, very cool, yeah. And uh, you you talk about your own experiences of the rap. Oh, and he no. He talks about his own experiences of the rap. And uh, you guys are so different but are finding common ground, and I, I, I really love it.
1: Yeah, those clever punchlines, I think, have become more and more popular in rap over the years. And I think they're really interesting to listen to. Like, McLemore's one of my favorite rappers. I know he's not like a super... I get that. Yeah, but he has that line that, like, there's layers to this-ish player, uh, Tiramisu, and I love that line. (laughs) But... (laughs) So do you think any, like, rappers have kind of inspired your style or
5: your mm. flow or anything like that? Um, it's funny, my uh, so the dude that's actually, like, mastering my album and mixing it, because um, I go to Switchboard Studios, I just switched um, from there, from my home studio to them just this year, but uh, he asked me, he was like, uh, who's your favorite rapper? And I usually tell people Drake, because Drake is my favorite rapper, um, J. Cole's second, of course, so uh, I kind of think that I'm, like, I try to be, like, a hybrid of those two, you know, like have like the flow and confidence of drake but then also kind of try to keep it real yeah you don't and have the content of drake yeah exactly <laughs> that's what he said though he was like so where do you get your punchlines? because you don't get it from drake
0: right on so macklemore Ren, huh
1: i love me some good macklemore i can <laughs> wrap the what? entire <laughs> what? uh what? the moped what? song what? i always forget what it's called what? downtown i can wrap all of downtown oh my god <laughs> i
0: i really actually don't rap, know that much quote, macklemore unquote. besides thrift shop which is
1: you know one You've of the greatest songs bops. of all time He's got some funny bops, yeah.
0: Well, I, I like him because he's uh, he's he's kind of a comedy rapper, but he's also kind of a serious rapper. And yeah, uh,
1: Darius. No, no, Macklemore.
0: Macklemore. Okay. Yeah, when he does
2: serious, does Daris really. Yes.
1: Darius can be. Funny, I know. I was but like, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just like the power move of like a rap song coming on in my car that's obviously on my playlist because I don't know that much rap, <laughs> um, and I can just rap all of it and. That, that is
0: definitely a power move and that's why no one plays childish Gambino bonfire when i'm around New York, <laughs> because i will wrap all of it and annoy them nice all right we're gonna move on to the next one um this one uh on a more serious note this was just an observation you had actually also during thursday's show um that i thought was uh brilliant and uh very well put so here we go this is you from just the other day
1: yeah I don't know. This makes me incredibly uncomfortable, because like I discussed earlier, the War Powers Resolution is still in place, and it has been grotesquely misused, not just by Trump, but by um, every president that's had it. Because when you give any person something that says, you can do whatever you want, and we essentially cannot stop you, it just leads to unlimited power. If you say that it's for one thing... um, And you justify it using, oh, well, it's for national security, or, oh, it's for the good of the nation. What's stopping you from doing whatever you want if it's for, quote, unquote, the good of the nation?
0: And uh, just for some context, that was in regards to um, the president's legal defense in his impeachment process, that any interference or crimes he committed would be in the interest of the good of the nation. And I I just thought you hit the nail on the head right there. Yeah. Uh, Because it is it's it's not about our current situation even it's it's just the whole philosophy itself gives into abuse of power
1: yeah and yeah it's something I've always thought about the war's power uh resolution and the Tonkin Gulf resolution that I've always thought these shouldn't be in place they do they are not a good system of letting the president decide things for the good of the nation and,
0: and we have these very specific ways our constitution demarks power between its branches and when we when we you know, try and alter that and work around that and come up with legislation to move powers to different people. We're First and foremost, ignoring the Constitution
4: mm-hmm.
0: before we're doing anything else we can talk about what those other things are. But there is, you know, a clear demarcation of power and someone did that for a reason. We're going to, next question, or <laughs> not question, next clip. Uh, this is... Uh, I know this was one of your favorite interviews.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, this
0: is from Fort Collins Pagan Pride. And uh, you started down a line of uh, questioning uh, with with Jordan Beard, who is the um, president of Fort Collins Pagan Pride, that, that I thought was very interesting and also something we didn't really plan for. So here's that right now.
1: Yeah, another question I have is some uh, people who identify as pagan also identify as a witch. And then there are also some people who hate that term is that also kind of a personal choice in that matter
5: absolutely yeah that is that is absolutely a thing so uh one of my partners on uh, northern colorado covenant of the river uh, that's the organization that uh, that i help run as well as uh, president of fort collins pagan pride one of uh, one of them identifies herself as a hodgepodge kitchen pot witch, <laughs> and um, actually she's probably listening right now. So hygiene, um, but it's just great because she she has identified this definition for herself, and that gives it more personality. That gives it more power because of her identification with it. So, yes, uh, the the joke goes that um, not all birds are ducks, but all ducks are birds. That doesn't always work for paganism, but in general, you can say that, um, you know, most witches or Wiccans um, are pagans, but not all pagans are witches. Huh.
1: And then my other question is there are a lot of representations of pagans and witches on television and movies and some of them, I would say it's more than almost any other denomination, and it's more cartoonish than a lot of other de- denominations. Do you think that helps or hurts um, your beliefs?
5: Well, I don't think that there's any external force that Hollywood or, or any TV show can uh, exert that would hurt uh, our personal belief systems. However, the perception of pagans, of witches... Um, it, it, it's a little of both. You, you get some of column A, some of column B. There are some that, that try to get it right. Um, I, I can't think of a title right now, but there's been a few where it's been uh, admirable, where they've tried to represent what we call magic in a more realistic way. But in general, you uh, w- when you say that word magic, people either think of uh, David Copperfield's stage magic, or they think of Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, and and none of those is what we mean by magic.
0: So I really love that that second question you asked about the depictions of witches in popular culture, because that is is kind of this central idea in I think a big way that our societal consciousness is formed. That's really under-recognized. and I think uh, you know people who study what I what I study for school, uh, English and rhetoric, uh, understand it. And are a little more aware of it, but I, I don't think most people really see how influential the caricatures and stereotypes and characters that we're presented to in pop culture, especially pop culture for kids, yeah. really bleeds into our society and influences the way we see things. And uh, even even though Mr. Beard wasn't really too receptive to the idea that people's perception of witches is kind of influenced by pop culture. Uh, i'd say, i'd say i think you were you were spot on there and he even almost admits it you know when we think of witches we think of harry potter or, yeah the you know, halloween movies or um i i don't know stuff like that and well
1: yeah i wanted to ask it yeah. especially because of a, a new show had come out sabrina the chilling adventures of sabrina had come out and that's centered around witchcraft and shows like um american horror story coven were centered oh, yeah. around witchcraft and a lot of these shows almost they depicted them in good ways, but also in almost evil ways. I don't.
0: Well, I, I, I'd say in a, in, a, in a caricature, you know. Yeah. None of them uh, are going out and asking people who identify as witches or wiccans how they uh, how they would like to be portrayed. No, they're they're identifying witches in a way that society will recognize quickly that what they're depicting is a witch.
1: Right, but what I think is interesting is that it is kind of taking a term a turn, a turn lately uh, for how they are being depicted because witches do exist and pagans exist and people who identify as that exist in the world, so I think there is a turn in media that it is slowly changing, like a good example is Good Omens with um, Arathema, she's a really good example of a pagan who is I think pretty positively depicted,
0: portrayed. yeah, portrayed. I'd agree with you, I think, uh, well I, it's 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 bigger than, than just witches obviously, it's you know, true for uh, uh I true for,
1: Yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I think it's true hosts. for any minority or profession. That you ever seen
0: them try and depict a radio host on TV? That's true. I always think that's the funniest thing.
1: That actually... Uh, I don't know why I thought of this, but uh, it is something you don't think about, that there are certain professions that um, just aren't really portrayed either at all or, or not very well. If I we was...
0: sounded like a TV radio host, our show would be so hard. Yeah. Oh, good morning, you're listening to 94.5 Rocky Mountain review. My name is Maximus Hunter. We're going to keep it on, you know. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it's like a 1940s caricature, which, but I was Back thinking... Popcorn. Get your popcorn here. <laughs> I was thinking it because I was, uh... I've started Buffy the Vampire Slayer over again, and I they were talking about Anthony Stewart Head and how he, a lot of librarians were so excited about him because he was the first positive portrayal of a librarian on TV. <laughs> and I thought that that's was so, so funny. interesting because that's, you don't think about that. See, if but I when were to think start... about
0: the stereotype for librarians, uh, it's, well, it's not something we can really talk about on the air, but it's, it's, it's definitely changed a lot because yeah. I feel like librarians went from being like, you know, mean and old and, you know, shh, be quiet. to then <laughs> they're kind of like, you know, the librarian, and then she's like this cute girl who's like all nerdy and bookish, but she takes off her glasses and she's beautiful. And then in the modern, like how pop culture sees librarians now is they're kind of like repressed <laughs> for lack of a better term. I think, and I, 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 that's bogus, of course. There, yeah. are, there are plenty of, I think, librarians who are, uh, you know, socially adept and beautiful and good at expressing themselves, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, but to go a little bit more with the clip, it is just interesting how many things, like Max said earlier, we take, our, we take from the media, and that's our perception of that profession or that group of people, and I think it's interesting that, we are shifting the way we think about how we portray people um, to not fall into those stereotypes as Although much.
0: By and, and this is just some food for thought, there's no answer to this, but by shifting our perspectives, are we just not creating new stereotypes?
1: Possibly. I have put a lot of thought into this because I took like a media and pop culture class, and one of the things they talked about was like certain races didn't want to be the villain, mm-hmm. um, but by doing that, certain races were excluded from a lot of movies because...
0: There, was, there wasn't another role for them. I, I personally, Which you know, I'm, not right, I'm but... of, of Jewish descent and I I'm almost never see portrayals of Judaism I like in TV and film. Actually, one of my favorite, one of the only ones that I actually really do like is uh, Schmidt's character from New oh, World. Oh, very cool. Um, because not only, not only was it written by a Jewish person and portrayed by a Jewish person, but it's also... Uh, uh, brilliantly self ironic <laughs> in, in a you know way I love but we're gonna move on this next clip is actually this is my favorite clip I found Yay. of you um it's just full of so much good stuff uh, <laughs> this is from uh and you say the date in here I think it's the middle of November this is one of your national days but I I just it must have been a really good day because I I was watching this and, or listening to this and I just couldn't stop laughing so I uh, here we go we're gonna cover a few topics in this one Ren, what day is it today?
1: Today is November 14th. However, we're going to kick it back a little bit because yesterday was a pretty big holiday that we feel it's important we talk about. November 13th is World Kindness Day, and just like the name suggests, this holiday encourages acts of kindness throughout the world. Whether the acts are big or small, all kindness is welcome and encouraged on this holiday. The day is also known as Mr. Rogers Sweater Day, and many people and organizations celebrate World Kindness Day by wearing their favorite sweater or cardigan in honor of Mr. Rogers. I'll be your neighbor. (laughs) If sweaters aren't really your thing, don't worry, because today you can cozy up with National Family PJ Day. This day encourages you to spend a little quality time with your family in matching pajama sets. You can celebrate this day by putting on your pajamas, gathering with your family, direct or indirect, and taking some long overdue family pictures. November 14th, like many other national holidays, is food-themed. Today is National Pickle Day, and this day celebrates all kinds of pickles, whether they be dill, gherkin, conchicorn, brined, kosher dill, Polish, Hungarian, lime, bread and butter, Swedish and Danish, or even a Kool-Aid pickle. What is that? You... You just soak it in Kool-Aid and brine. It's really gross. (laughs) Well, this day celebrates them all. The The word pickle itself comes from the Dutch word pickle, which translates means brine, which translated means brine. In America, when we hear the word pickle, we often think of pickled cucumbers. However, nearly any fruit or vegetable can be pickled. Ever
0: had Japanese pickles? Those are the best, like the bright yellow ones or the pink ones, and they crunch, and they're sweet. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: So speaking of sweet, pickles can be sweet, uh, spicy, or tart. It all depends on the brine and the amount of water, vinegar, spices, and sugar you add to it. And some interesting pickle facts are that each year in the United States, roughly 5,002,000 5,002,000 pounds of pickles are consumed.
0: It's mostly by my roommate who
1: really <laughs> likes pickles. Uh, the popularity of the pickle dates back thousands of years to 2030 BC. At that time, traders imported cucumbers from India to the Tigris Valley. Here, the people first preserved and ate the, cu- the cucumbers as pickles. Cleopatra attributed, attributed her good looks to her diet of pickles. And even Julius Caesar craved... The benefits of pickles. He believed pickles lent physical and spiritual strength, and gave them to his troops.
0: Say pickles one more time.
1: <laughs> I. That's it. That's all I have for National Pickle oh. Day. So I won. Ah, oh, you did it.
0: Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> that I got you there with that one, didn't that, I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I, I love that, though. Um, There's a oh, lot of
1: good stuff in there. <laughs> the,
0: the excitement, the pure excitement in your voice as you're lifted, listing off all the types of pickles is just the best thing. And you get, it's like you get more and more excited the more you realize, like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm getting <laughs> I'm talking about
1: pickles. talking about
0: pickles. I'm getting all the names. And you're just, like, so excited.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> really. Uh, it, was
1: a, it, was a, it was a win for me that day.
0: It cracks me up. I um, love that one.
1: So, pickles. Um, I love pickles. But me too. The interesting thing, I think, about pickles is, like, people are divided. They're... A very dividing topic. I don't think there's anyone who just casually enjoys pickles. You
0: can't You can't be ambivalent um, about I'm not, pickles, people. I'm
1: not obsessed with pickles, but um, my friends treat it that way. Like, they got me pickle socks for my birthday. They got me pickle <laughs> chips. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. I, I don't know. It's kind of a funny thing that, like, if you like pickles, I feel like a lot of people just are like, you love
0: pickles. I called out my roommate in that one for liking pickles, and he likes pickles probably a normal amount.
1: But... Yeah. I'm like, I just like them. Like, I'm not going to... I think they're
0: great. I'm... Big pickle guy.
1: I do have to say, though, um, I do not like anything besides dill pickles. Like
0: No, not bread and butter pickles? No. Uh, what about pickle spears?
1: Uh, if they're, like, dill flavored. Fried pickles. I like those, but usually those are dill. Um, honestly, anything that's not dill pickle is disgusting in my book.
0: Okay, so we, uh, it's been a while since we did this interview. Have you tried any pickled non-cucumbers? um since since we had this i have had
1: oh, i always forget what it's called the korean um kimchi yeah kimchi i like kimchi i like Love a lot of kimchi i like a lot of pickled things uh, actually
0: a probiotic like they, they yeah. made it at the uh, turtle mountain place
1: um yeah i like a lot of pickled things mostly when they're salty and briny it's just that taste uh,
0: pickled japanese pickled radishes they're like these mm. sweet like bright yellow looking pickles oh those sound good gosh those are the best all right, we're going to move on to our last piece which uh, of you, which is just some, just some work you did and you worked really hard on. And so wow. I wanted to play it again because, you know, uh, for those if you're listening and you haven't heard of this, uh, a few months ago there was this event called Culture War at uh, Colorado State University uh, run by Charlie Kirk, who is the president of Turning Point USA and Donald Trump Jr. And it was very controversial. Lots of people had lots of opinions and Wren actually did uh, the thing none of the rest of us were brave enough to do and just went there and talked to people about uh, it.
1: Jumped in headfirst. Just
0: took the plunge. So we're going to listen to that real quick, and then we're going to take a break.
1: Colorado State University hosted the Culture War event on October 22nd with Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk is the president and founder of Turning Point USA, a national conservative organization that regularly hosts tours where he speaks on college campuses. The topics he covers vary from year to year, and the tours often cover some type of theme and house special guests depending on the college. This year, the tour's theme was culture war and toured eight different colleges with Donald Trump Jr. visiting two of them along with Charlie Kirk. Across Colorado State University's campus, students had strong opinions either for or against Charlie Kirk's expected arrival on campus.
4: My name is Kaori Kaiser and I'm with Rams for Bernie. I'm only going to speak for myself. I think given the events that have happened when Charlie Kirk and other ideologically aligned speakers have come to campus, I think it puts us in a difficult situation because the crowd that that tends to attract some violent white supremacist far right groups. I think if you want to say that you're pro free speech, you should Be pro-free speech, and that includes giving people the ability to push back against the things that you're saying.
2: I went to CSU myself uh, back in '79 and '80, and things have changed dramatically since I was a student here. I I think the entire uh, university culture here has shifted dramatically, and unfortunately, to the left. I I was here to support a a conservative presence here at CSU. The the students. Within this university culture, nationwide, have very little and and certainly less exposure to conservative philosophy, right wing or uh, conservative students are in a minority on these campuses. I think the conservative movement is filled with tolerance and compassion and is very much misunderstood by the left.
5: I'm Dylan Tasinski, Um, right now I'm a Journalism major. I am, I'm a freshman. You know, I actually, a lot of people here don't support Charlie Kirk and and Donald Trump Jr. coming here. I do. Um, I am admittedly more liberal, but I I fully support having conservative speakers and people like that here encouraging free speech, which also encourages these protests. I think it should all be allowed here.
0: Uh, My name is Kevin LaRusso, I'm with Turning Point USA, and I'm the campus coordinator on Colorado State University. There's this narrative that conservatism is inherently racist, and that is wrong. You know, when they hear Charlie Kirk, they don't have to hear anything he's ever said. They just hear that he is on the right, therefore he's racist. All of us hate that. None of us like racism, none of us like white supremacy. There are going to be people there that we disagree with on both sides.
1: Charlie Kirk and Donald Trump Jr. spoke to a full house at Griffin Concert Hall that houses nearly 600 people. The speech at CSU discussed what it means to be a conservative on college campuses, socialism in the United States, and the culture war Charlie Kirk feels is happening between political parties. Outside of the venue were approximately 1,000 protesters and supporters who were unable to make it inside of the venue. Some participants in the crowd included the young Democratic Socialists of America and the Colorado Proud Boys. Whether Colorado State students support Charlie Kirk and his culture war tour, or they were part of the protest, most at CSU will agree that the next step in moving forward as a community and as a country is to end political polarization. You
4: know, nothing exists in a vacuum, so we really need to be thinking about like the total system and what's outside of just the specific speaker and event. I think
5: that challenging your own ideas and challenging what you think is certainly the best way to either encourage and reinforce your beliefs or to just add an entirely new um, viewpoint.
0: No matter how much you disagree with what's going to be said in the room, it is important to hear it. You need to be able to, if you disagree with the viewpoints, you need to be able to know what they are so you can figure out what you disagree with or figure out where they're wrong. What's really important is that the dialogue is happening.
1: Ren Watsworth, 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins.
0: Happy birthday from Ooh. all of us at 90.5 KCSU, Aww. Ren Wadsworth!
1: Yay.
0: Woo! I need needed. I should have queued up some kind of a, pl- wait, hold on, happy birthday, Ren Wadsworth! Oh, that was supposed to be like an applause sound effect right there, that didn't work at all. Oh, man, okay. Well, yeah, seriously, happy birthday, we Aww. love having you here.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: here's to 20 more years before your 40th birthday, and then another 80 years. <laughs>
1: Hopefully. Yeah. Are you saying I'm going to live to be 120? That is
0: what I was saying, All
1: right. Goals, goals. Goals. Big shoes to fill, but I'll do my best. You
0: got this. Um, All right. We're going to take a quick break, uh, and then we're going to come back with some news. But before we do, we did want to ask our question again, which is, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? Do you have a big date planned? Are you single? What are you doing in that case? Are you going to go meet some people? Are you going to go hang out at home with a movie? I don't know. Let us know. Uh, because. I don't think uh, I mean I do you have plans? I don't have plans.
1: Um I don't Oh well I do have plans technically. They're just not Valentine's Day plans. I just have Winter Guard rehearsal that day so that'll keep me occupied. There's nice. only one married couple in our group so I can stray away from the romance. What are your <laughs> plans um
0: i don't really have any i know my dad uh ozo motley is playing their 25th anniversary show at washington's which we uh, actually advertise for oh very cool um and ozo motley is one of my dad's favorite bands so uh i believe he'll be in town for that and i mean you know he's he's got a girlfriend but uh maybe he'll spend some time with me
1: well yeah let us know what your plans are if you do have someone um you have plans with or if you're trying to fall in love shameless plug i'm going to be uploading a new little listicle to kcsu's website that is 14 songs to fall in love to nice. um, and that will be debuted on valentine's day so make sure you take a listen to that it'll have some uh, songs that aren't strictly about falling in love but maybe just have that kind of romantic tune to them so go ahead and check that out pour
0: some sugar on me by death leopard
1: <laughs> maybe i don't know i'll try
0: it and... <laughs> i feel like that's the the, like, ultimate, like, like hot girl walks into a movie scene song.
1: That's true. <laughs> I think the, like, she's my chair. Bye. Wow.
0: Uh, that was, uh, I used to do School of Rock as a kid. That was the first guitar solo I ever played. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, we got distracted, but if if you want to tell us your Valentine's Day plans, text those in to 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. You are listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 kcsu Fort Collins, and we'll be right back. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm one of your hosts, Maximus Hunter.
1: And I'm your other host, Ren Wattsworth.
0: We just spent the last little while talking about some of Wren's awesome work that she's done over the course of this year because it is her birthday and we want to celebrate her, and I'm going to try one more time at this. Happy birthday, Wren! <gasps>
1: Oh, yes. wow, that's so cute. It worked. It worked. Well, thank you uh, to Max and all the people who just joined us in the studio.
0: Yep, the hundreds and hundreds yeah, of Yeah, they just
1: ran in here. It was just crazy. Started screaming, Pandemonium.
0: Yelling. Uh, but anyway, we are going to uh, keep it going with some uh, campus news, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And this was written by our very own Rylan, but uh, Rylan is unfortunately sick, so I will be reading it in her stead. And uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Maximus Hunter, and uh, you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Alright, let's see, campus news. In 2017, Colorado State University finished a $1.4 billion construction project that was started in 2007. Over that 10-year span, campus got a new stadium and a new health and medical center, along with new biology and chemistry buildings, the Suzanne and Walter Scott Jr. College of Biomedical Engineering and the C. Wayne Translational Medicine Institute. The Aggie Village Apartments, Behavioral Science Buildings, and two parking garages were also redone. There were numerous renovations to existing buildings, including the Lori Student Center. Improvements were made to both the walking and bicycle paths. Three years later, Big construction plans are underway again some of the changes will include a renovation to Shepherdston hall which needed it an addition to added to the diversity house renovations and additions to the north side of the Lori student center new student housing at meridian village the former site of Aylesworth hall changes to the lagoon on the front of the lsc which i'm sure people have noticed is happening by now uh, and numerous improvements to transportation methods including pedestrian walkways during this process, there will be lots of closures to parking lots, walkways, and bike paths. To stay updated about these changes, visit the construction and parking update page source.colostate.edu slash construction-and-parking. That's source.colostate.edu slash construction-and-parking. Then click on the Return of Campus Construction, a guide to getting around CSU under the latest news tab. This year. Eight lucky Colorado State University students studying design and merchandising took a trip to New York City. The students were attending the annual Fashion Scholarship Fund Gala. For the past four years, Colorado State University has sent students the SFF, F-S-F Gala. <laughs> That's with, hard. That is hard. With a fantastic participant to scholarship ratio. Rachel Gonzalez, one of CSU's recipients in last year's competition, received the new scholarship supported by fashion designer and guest judge on Project Runway, Brandon Maxwell. During the annual gala, FSF stresses the importance of networking. Scholarship winners are paired with a mentor inside the industry who will help them throughout their entire career.
1: That's super cool.
0: Yeah, that would be really helpful. They should uh, should do that for everything, honestly. Uh, Kevin Kissel... An assistant professor in the Department of Design and Merchandising and Chaperone for the last two years of the trip said that the FSF has had a huge effect on the scholarship recipients career paths. We've had students in the past find internships, mentorships, and even jobs through this annual gala. To receive the scholarship students must develop build and refine an in-depth case study with a focus in either design and product placement or merchandising and marketing. The case study on current fashion trends takes months to perfect. The FSF allows students to use the scholarship money in whichever way the students believe will help them in their professional endeavors. Students are encouraged to do anything from taking a trip abroad, buying fashion supplies, or paying for their education. The kickoff for Black History Month was January 31st, but there are many events happening during the month in honor of Black History. Tonight, Yusuf Salam will be speaking at the Laurie Student Center Theater at 6 p.m. Salem was one of the five men who was wrongfully convinced or convicted of assaulting a female jogger in New York Central Park in 1989, and is now known as one of the Exonerated Five. Uh, Salem comes to the university to share his story as a part of the month-long celebration hosted by the Black/African American Cultural Center, or BAACC. Other events include a keynote with author Lawrence Ross on February 17th. He is the author of the best-selling books, The Divine Nine, The History of African American Fraternities and Sororities, and Blackballed, The Black and White Politics of Race on America's Campuses. Uh, Susan Rice will also be a keynote speaker on Tuesday, February 11th. For a full listing of the 30 plus events, you can find that at source.colostate.edu slash black-history-month-at-csu. Once again, that is source.colostate.edu black-history-month-at-csu. Additional information can also be found on the BAACC's website, baacc.colostate.edu. My name is Maximus Hunter. That was written by Rylan. And that has been your campus news for today. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounded like a intro to a break so i thought we were going on break
0: oh no no that was just me ending that up i I think we probably don't have time for a break let's just uh let's wrap it up
1: roll it on into national day news yeah what's
0: happening today man
1: well today um if you didn't get everything that uh, max was saying is my birthday which is february 4th and it is also national homemade soup day yum um what better way to celebrate the chilly weather than by making and eating your own bowl of soup Soup is bathed in history and flavor. Before modern transportation, soup was an easily accessible and created food, regardless of the region, leading to hundreds of varieties and recipes. So I kind of wanted to ask, what's your favorite soup, Max?
0: I feel like we've had this discussion on the show before. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I love all soups. Uh, I, I, I'm a big ramen guy, I guess. I love a good bowl okay. of like, tonkatsu ramen or like spicy tonkatsu ramen mm. um, or like seafood ramen. I love minestrone soup, split pea soup, I love chili, I love stew, I would just like to say that soup, the line, soup is bathed in history and flavor, may be the greatest thing you've ever written.
1: Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's
0: funny on so many levels Thank to me. Thank you.
1: Um, my favorite soup is probably potato soup. Mm. Really? Always good, like a thick potato soup. Thick potato soup.
0: soup, a little bit of cheddar cheese, chives, some Bacon. Top. Bacon, yes. yeah. Oh, so good. I'm a fan of that. Keep going.
1: Um... So, if you're in a creative mood today, but you don't want to limit yourself to food, National Creative Vacuum Day has you covered. However, if you, like me, thought this day encourages people to make their own household appliance meant to clean the floors, you'd be wrong.
0: That is definitely what I thought.
1: (laughs) The National Calendar describes this day by saying, National Creative Vacuum Day on February 4th explores space's void of matter. On this day, we are challenged to create one. A vacuum is created when the pressure inside a space is lower than the pressure outside of the area. It's difficult in a world full of minuscule particles of matter to create a space that is absolutely no matter. However, we create partial or simple vacuums at home. One of the easiest ways is by using a syringe. By plunging up the open end and pulling back on the plunger, the space inside will be mostly free of matter. But there will always be microscopic particles remaining.
0: Rad. Um... Yeah, rad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, today is also National Hemp Day. Oh, rad. <laughs> <laughs> National Hemp Day celebrates an innovative industry that is rooted deep in America's history. And
0: we especially love it here in Colorado.
1: Hemp was originally created to make t- to make textiles. Also, Americans America's founding fathers drafted early papers on hemp papers, and during World War II, a Hemp for Victory campaign was made to encourage farmers to produce the versatile crop. You can still buy many different hemp products to this day to celebrate the national holiday.
0: Well, and it's it's interesting because until last year, uh, hemp just the uh, the organic material was uh, you couldn't grow it in the United States, and then that actually got reversed by uh, Senate Republicans, as it turns out, which I I thought was pretty interesting. But uh, now uh, we can once again uh, grow hemp for its uh, you know uses as uh, for rope and clothes and paper. And all these awesome, useful things, besides uh, its um, other drug-related use that uh, <laughs> is is popular, depending on where you are in the U.S. Yeah.
1: So since it is my birthday, I did kind of want to do a little bit of research on the day itself. Yeah. So I looked up who else's birthday it is. Some famous people. So first, the first one I knew, Rosa Parks.
0: That's awesome. Um, That's a a great one. It's pretty cool. Alice Cooper is uh, one of my favorite musicians I've never seen live, but (laughs) I love him.
1: And the last one is Charles Lindbergh which the Lindbergh was named after, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then some cool events in history that I liked. Uh, On this day, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was released in 1938. Barbie was invented by Ruth Handler. And in Lake Placid, New York, the first Winter Olympics were held in the U.S. in 1932.
0: That's all pretty cool. I know. Um,
1: There was some other stuff, but... My
0: birthday is not nearly as cool as yours. You know who was burned on my birthday? Joe Jonas... David Copperfield.
1: What the heck? Those uh, are cool.
0: They're not as cool as yours.
1: I kind of have a theory that everybody who's like, born on your birthday is, like, past, like, uh, versions okay, well, of yourself.
0: Then I'm winning, in that case. Yeah. <laughs> if I was David Copperfield I mean, in the I past was, life. I, was I mean, I was still Parks, alive. so...
1: And Charles Lindbergh, so, I
0: mean... Yeah, yeah you win. You win. Yeah, you win. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ren. Heck yeah. Uh, happy birthday. We're so glad that you... Uh, you know, you're, you're here with us and you're growing up. So happy birthday.
1: Yay. Oh, they all came back. They
0: all came back. Welcome back, people.
1: Awesome. Well, it has been a great birthday show. Uh, kind of impromptu, but it was fun nonetheless.
0: <laughs> I did all of this without telling you and preparing <laughs> it.
1: Um, but we do have one more thing we have to do before we close out the show. And I think there's something in the air that we, we just have to listen to it.
0: I, I feel it.
1: What is it, though? It's the weather!
0: Woo! I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I probably shouldn't be cheering for the weather today. I don't I, think anyone's feeling
1: that I love that the weather.
0: Enthused. Really? I today? love snowy weather.
1: Oh my gosh, I have a it's theory that me. whatever season you're born in is, like, your natural state.
0: I disagree, because I was born in September, but I am a big uh, June-July person, mm. as far as my favorite type of weather. But here's the thing. If you got used to the warm weather this past weekend, then sorry, Charlie, because winter has made its way back to Colorado in case you haven't stepped outside today. It's cold, man. <laughs> it's really cold. It's not, it's not the easiest uh, conditions right now. Today has a high of 19 and a low of a big old one. And right now, I think we're at somewhere around 12. But uh, it's gonna it's gonna get colder, and we're gonna keep having scattered storms for the day. So that wind's just gonna keep happening. That snow's gonna keep piling up. Uh, you know, put some uh, put some food in your cheeks for insulation. <laughs> get ready to uh, to barrow back back down for the winter. Yep, that's the word. Uh, Wednesday should warm up a bit to a high of 28 degrees. Expected sun all day. Um, unfortunately, that is still below freezing, so the snow probably won't melt away, but hopefully it should be at least a little more pleasant than today has been for those of us who don't like the cold. Uh, the temperatures should keep rising onto Thursday with a high of 44, but th- those clouds are going to roll right back in, uh, and we're probably going to get some snow on Friday. I know um, all of us enjoyed this weekend's uh, Saturday was uh, I went skiing and my gosh, it was so nice. Then Sunday, I mean, for for game day especially, uh, I couldn't have asked for a better day. But it seems like that's all we're gonna get for now because it's it's cold, it's cold, it's gonna keep being cold. And if you want to know how long it's gonna be cold, you're gonna have to tune in to the Rocky Mountain Review on Thursday, same time, same place, four o'clock, ninety point five kcsufm FM, same people, me and Ren. And yeah, but uh, unfortunately, I think that's the end of our show and. We have some people to thank.
1: Heck yeah, we do. Uh, so first and foremost, we have to thank Damien Castile for making this amazing song that you're hearing right now.
0: Yes, he did. And Jamie Castile makes most of the music for the show. Although I would like to add some of the songs we played towards the end were new songs that were not made by Damien Castile, but instead made by the lovely people who make free music on the Internet. So, uh, well, thank you and all of them. Yeah. So,
1: if you heard your music here today, thank you for making it.
0: Yeah, don't sue us. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. It's all, it's all uh, free use. Uh, we'd like to thank Julia Baddeleese, Hannah Copeland, Isaiah Reyes, Peter Walk, Monty Daniels, Mia Sawyer, Hunter Sinclair, Asher Korn, Sam, Desiree, Taylor, uh, everybody, their parents for having them.
1: Yeah, we have to thank our two reporters as well, Coda Babcock and Ryland Todd. Ryland wasn't able to come here, but she still gave us her amazing newscast. So thank you, too, for. Yes,
0: thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to thank you, Ren. I couldn't do this without Aww. you. And happy gosh dang birthday. Oh,
1: I have to thank you, Max. This episode was so sweet and so amazing. And it just reminded me once again why I love working with you and why you I love working it. at this station. So I'm Really
0: glad uh, you yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, happy 20th. All right. And last, we got to thank you. Thanks for making this possible. Thanks for listening to us, Uh, texting in, being involved. Really means a lot to us. Yeah. And with that, we'll we'll see see you next time. time.